Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Cut the Crap with You Doll, where we cut the crap from your personal and professional relationships through tough, tantalizing, transforming conversation and coaching. Now, here's your host, You Doll. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Cut the Crap with You Doll. I'm your host, professional and personal relationship consultant. And you are listening to Cut the Crap with You All, where we transform professional and personal relationships one conversation at a time. So you can call into the show or you can ask questions to, to share, I mean, to ask questions or share comments about our topic of the hour. And our topic for today is office sex, anyone? And primarily what we're doing is we're talking about what has happened as Fox News within that culture that seems to be absolutely atrocious uh, for sexual harassment. And we'll be talking about whether or not you're committing sexual harassment at work. So I do a lot of sexual harassment training uh, throughout the federal government, private industry, and so forth. I've even done sexual harassment investigations in organizations. So the one thing I'd like to share with you is just some of the little nuances that's important to know. But, you know, if you haven't been hearing the news about what's going on at Fox News, you've got to be hiding on the rock. <laughs> or you haven't had your TV, your radio, or been on the Internet. Because all over the news, of course, what they're talking about is what's going down at Fox News. And Fox News is in the news it seems almost like every other week. So where to begin? I think we started off where we had this whole spill out with uh, Roger Ailes, who's the chairman of the board at Fox News. And so he was accused by several top women uh, at Fox News, Gretchen Carlson, uh, Gretchen Carlson uh, Greta Van Sersteren, uh, Megyn Kelly, they are big names at Fox News, and they have they all accuse Roger Ailes of sexual harassment. Now, as of last Tuesday, I believe, of last week, a settlement agreement was reached uh, with uh, Carlson, I believe, with um, Gretchen Carlson, yes. And so... The settlement agreement was like $20 million, but with her settlement agreement, so it became a gag order where she really can't talk about details and talk about actually what occurred between she and Roger Ailes. So she's under a gag order about what happened, but we know it must be pretty juicy because she has $20 million. And of course, others uh, probably received settlements too that we're not actually hearing about. They may be on the gag order as well. So, but with Roger, that was huge. I mean, that was big for Fox News. And of course, what was coming out was about, you know, this is the top person at the organization and that the kind of culture that exists at Fox News, one in which it doesn't matter, obviously, what position you're in, that you are treated with disrespect by the top person 
of being able to say, you know, what he wants to you and make innuendos and suggestions and so forth about you. You know, and I find it interesting. If this was happening with the really top women, hmm, I wonder what was happening in lower ranks. Hmm. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. So Roger was ousted at Fox News. And the, the question I had when I heard this was, hmm, if he was doing it, I wonder, was anyone following suit? Because he was the leader of the organization. And, of course, many of you who work in organizations, you realize whatever the leader is permitting, then there's a possibility that his direct reports or subordinates are following suit and doing what he's doing. Because, you know, we want to know how deep does this go within the culture. Well, lo and behold, of course, what happens is that we come to find out that the big issue with Bill O'Reilly. You know, then that comes up where Bill O'Reilly, who has, you know, the big show, the O'Reilly Factor at Fox News, then he is being accused of sexual harassment. And he's being accused by um, – let's see. I didn't get – I think they said – my understanding is they paid off at least five other women for him. That it, uh, five women that we didn't even know about, five women who, who, who have been paid off and probably must keep quiet. And this started back in, according to my research that I could find, various articles, that the payoff started back in about 2002, where Fox was actually paying off women. And there were about five women that remained unnamed that had accused him and 21 Century Fox admits that they covered for him and settled with five women before this last one became public, you know, and scandalous. And interestingly, with the last one, of course, became very public. There was an outcry by people, you know, protests and so forth outside of Fox News to remove Bill O'Reilly. And so did the advertisers abandon his show? Fifty advertisers abandoned his show. And as we know, that's where the money is, with the advertisers. So 50 advertisers abandoned his show, and next thing you know, he's pulled, his show is pulled, and he's released by Fox. So my question becomes and is, would Fox have released him if the advertisers had not pulled out? Because obviously, they didn't release him, even though they had settled with five other women. And I always find it interesting, and I look, you look for patterns. If one person accuses someone, you know, and they say, no, I haven't done it, you know, and so forth, you may, the company may settle with that person and so forth. But the issue becomes when you have a pattern that's going on. So you have five different women, and so it started in 2002, my question is, you know, how far apart were they? Did they all occur at the same time? Was this sort of sporadic throughout the years? Regardless, it's a pattern then that's showing up, and I believe that more than likely they always believe Bill O'Reilly. They obviously believe him to a certain extent because they paid the other they paid the women to remain anonymous, stay out of the way. Bill continues, so that's a sign right there that. 
the Fox News culture, and I just take it all the way back to 21 Century Fox, the, the major parent company, they actually supported this culture because they supported Bill O'Reilly as long as he was making money. They supported him. They were willing to pay out what they had to pay out to the women. Nobody knew about it. I'm sure the women had gag orders. They couldn't talk about it to anyone, and therefore the public didn't know about it. And Bill O'Reilly remained on the show. The only thing I think that happened this time in which Fox 21 had to step up is because it went public, and it was very public. And because of that, they decided to let him go. Because the advertisers actually pulled out, they decided to let him go. Otherwise, things would have definitely have remained the same. And so uh, interestingly, I want to step back and say that um, with um, this shows how the culture is such at Fox News because when Megyn Kelly was interviewed on Good Morning America, she said that she actually told her supervisor at Fox News what Roger Ailes had done. So she did, she made the right move. She reported to her supervisor, and that her supervisor actually said to her, or his his or her response was, because I don't know if it was a man or a woman, his or her her supervisor's response was that they she they vouched for Roger's character, assured her that he was a good man and that he was likely just smitten and that she should try to avoid him, which she did. She said she avoided him for six months and then he left her alone. But that's indicative of the culture. It's one in which the people with the big names, well, let me, re- let me restate that. The men with the big names <laughs> are catered to. Because I have a strange feeling that if one of these women, who are all high-powered, considered by our, you know, standard, my standards, high-powered women on national television, um, in major positions on Fox News, I wonder if they were sex, sexually harassing someone, whether or not they would have paid off someone for them. Hmm, just something to consider. I must say, I. Don't think they would have, but just something to consider. I thought the scandal at Fox News was dying down. But no, when I look at the news again over the weekend, what do I hear? That Sean, what is it, Sean Hannity at Fox News has been accused of sexual harassment. That was as of like Friday, and he was accused by Fox News commentator Debbie Schussel. Schussel, please don't hate me if I mispronounce that. (laughs) But he was accused by her, and she indicated that he'd attempted to, he'd invited her actually to his hotel, and she refused, and he invited her again, and then she was pretty much banned from the show, that she couldn't come back on and so forth because she did not comply with his request. And interestingly, just a few minutes before the show, I discover that she's recanted her accusations. So, one, first, yes, there are people who will falsely accuse people. Yes, there are people who just want to get money and they'll falsely accuse people. However, if 
something really didn't happen, please, someone, don't go out there falsely accusing people because they can find out. But two, it makes it bad and really hard for the ones who really have been false, who have been sexually harassed. So don't, 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 don't play that game. But then I want to go back and say that when I read the story about Debbie, where she recants that Sean sexually harassed her, is she, what she says is interesting because she says, nobody didn't sexually harass me by the definition of sexual harassment. But he did ask me to go, you know, invited me back to his hotel. Okay. So what that may not be sexual harassment by the sexual harassment definition, but it is and possibly could be considered some workplace inappropriate behavior. And that's a distinction that I want to make for you, my listeners. I want to make the distinction because that so often is what gets people hung up. Is that is it sexual harassment? It may not meet the definition of sexual harassment, but it can still be considered inappropriate behavior in the workplace. So when you're looking at sexual harassment, you have to look at the conduct. Is the conduct unwelcome? And you have to also look at whether or not uh, it meets a reasonable person standard and whether or not it's severe and or pervasive. So in the case of he asked her to the hotel room, yeah, I may not meet the definition of sexual harassment. Uh, he asked her a couple of times, actually, according to her story. He allegedly asked her a couple of times, mm, is that severe and pervasive? It can't get to that pervasive thing. She says she wasn't invited, but she was banned by the show. So that would have to be investigated. And, and it can easily be said that was not a result of you're not coming back to the hotel room. So it may not meet the, the definition of sexual harassment. However, based on the other stories that we've heard about him, more than likely, you know, it was his usual behavior. <laughs> so it, was, it, it appears to be the usual behavior uh, that he does. Well, I'm sorry about Sean. I'm sorry, we're talking about Sean. We don't know if it's his usual behavior, but it does appear to be the kind of usual behavior by top people or the top men at Fox. It seems to be one of those things. But hopefully Sean did not do anything. She's recanting her story, so it appears as though right now he's off of the hook. But let's get back to the standards or elements of sexual harassment. The sexual harassment, the conduct, it has to be um, – it could be anything. It could be words. It could be pictures. It could be actions. So, yes, it can be someone out for a date repeatedly several times when they've told you no, but you continue asking. That's where you get to that definition of per- per- pervasive. It has to be unwelcome. So that means that the person that you're doing this behavior toward or, or using this conduct toward, they did not solicit or invite the conduct, and they regard it as being undesirable. And whether or not behavior is considered unwelcome, of course, is very subjective. It depends upon the individual. So your behavior may be welcomed by someone else, but it's not welcomed by this particular person. And so the individual on the receiving end, the recipient, determines whether or not 
the conduct is welcome or unwelcome. And so, of course, that's referred to as being very subjective. I'm sure that's what you're saying. Well, wait a minute, that's subjective. Well, yes, it is subjective. But that's why the court has established what's called a reasonable person standard because it can be so subjective. So how would a reasonable person standard respond? How would a reasonable person respond to the conduct? So that's what the courts use. How would a reasonable person respond to that conduct that was delivered? So it does not depend on how the accuser or the alleged har- harasser view the behavior. They use a hypothetical reasonable person to evaluate the nature of the conduct. Therefore, they're trying to establish an objective standard. But you may say, well, wait a minute, how do they really, really do that? And so the courts usually consider a reasonable person to be the average person making average money and an average kind of job. How would they view that conduct? So two standards we've, we've uh, noted, and that's the standard of it's unwelcome. It meets the, it passes the standard of a reasonable person. And then lastly, it's severe and or pervasive. So the person or the recipient has to show not only that it was unwelcome conduct and that it would be offensive or intimidating to a reasonable person, but they also have to show that the conduct was severe or pervasive. And those are the standards for determining if something is considered sexual harassment. Now, just because something is not considered sexual harassment does not mean that it's not inappropriate. The one thing I like to point out in training is that you know, once you know what the standards are, you can easily attempt to apply them to conduct and behavior yourself, and you'll say, oh, well, that's not sexual harassment. It doesn't meet the standards. But just because it doesn't meet the standards does not mean that it's not inappropriate. So you can have lots of inappropriate behaviors that create a hostile-type environment, even though it may not meet all the standards of behavior. And so when you're in the workplace, though, the question is, do you want respect? And if you want respect, aren't you willing to also give respect to others? So just because you're attracted to someone doesn't mean that you have to continually pursuing them in the workplace. This is one thing I want both men and women. We spend most of our time in the workplace. And, of course, you meet possibly a lot of people in your workplace, depending on what you do, and you could be attracted to someone at the workplace. The issue, though, is that once you're in the workplace, the employer is responsible for ensuring a workplace in which everyone feels safe in a harassment-free workplace, a hostile-free workplace. It's supposed to be a place, and there are laws about this, just for you to know, employment laws that organizations have to follow regarding the employment being, the employment place being safe. So, therefore, If you find someone that you're very attracted to, maybe what you want to do is pursue that person. You know, emails, maybe a few little trinkets, inviting them to lunch, drinks, dinner, whatever, flowers, cards. You may want to do that and you may have been doing that, but if this person does not want those items, they could be considered unwelcome. And if that person tells you to stop sending whatever you're sending or doing whatever you're doing, stop immediately. Cease and desist because you are on that borderline where inappropriate behavior 
appropriate has turned to inappropriate has turned to potentially sexual harassment. So you can ask someone out. There's nothing that says you cannot ask someone out. But if you continue pursuing them when they say no, or they even if they give you a look like, I don't want to be bothered by you, anything, take that as, I should not be pursuing this person, and leave them alone. Because the continual pursuit is what turns what was considered possibly okay into not okay, into inappropriate, leading to possibly sexual harassment kind of behavior. So, yes, you can date someone in the workplace mutually consensual. If your workplace allows it, because there are some workplaces that are definitely against dating in the workplace or some places that are against nepotism in the workplace, you know, there's so, so you need to know what the rules and regulations are at your particular workplace. But inappropriate in the work, behavior in the workplace can be subtle. It can be such that you may not know that you're crossing the line. So it's something to be careful about. It doesn't mean that you cannot, of course, possibly, you know, ask someone out. But the thing to do, always tell people this, make sure you ask the question up. You ask them out, and if they say no, then you say, may I ask you out at a later time? And if the person comes back with no at that point, then you know, do not repeat your request. Make sure you have permission to repeat the request. Because if you do not have permission to repeat the request, then that's when your behavior turns into it goes into that borderline of crossing over into pervasive behavior. And there are three behavior categories of sexual harassment: verbal, visual, and physical. So it can be the things you say, it can be pictures. So you know, you remember the senator, the congressperson who was sending photos of his naked body, you know, to people. Okay, so if the question is do not, not sending pornography, not sending photos of yourself, uh, nudes, and anything like that, all those kinds of things ugh, are, those are getting into what we call creating the hostile work environment. Don't touch a person without their permission. There, and there are many more behaviors. I'm just giving you some examples of some inappropriate behaviors in the workplace. And then, of course, which is what O'Reilly and definitely Ailes were more or less, more or less accused of, and that is, <clears throat> excuse me, quid pro quo. Now, quid pro quo is a type of sexual harassment. We talked the first part. I was talking about the behaviors were hostile work environment. Quid pro quo is when submission to unwelcome sexual conduct explicitly or implicitly is made a condition of a person's employment or is the basis for employment decisions. So Robert Ailes, my understanding is some of what he was saying was about, you know, your being able to work and so forth and so on. So that takes us to, uh, to, to a, a, a level of, of um, sexual harassment that in, in, interferes with a person's employment uh, and all decisions that are made about their employment. So 
either way, hostile work environment, quid pro quo, it's all sexual harassment, it's all inappropriate for the workplace, and it all is very costly. As Fox News and 21 Century Fox has definitely discovered is that it's quite expensive, quite, quite expensive. And so in terms of, I have to say this, Bill Riley, what ended up bringing him down was the last case, and it happened to be not a news reporter, uh, but someone that was in the office. And her name, I just discovered what her name was, but I had not seen any articles about her previously, and just discovered that she, her name is Burgess, and she was afraid of the backlash from social media and so forth, so she was afraid to actually come forward and to say what he had said to her. And I wanted, and here's what he said to her. He called her hot chocolate, and he oogled her in the workplace. And so she went to an attorney. And this is the case that finally brought Bill Raleigh to justice. Now, so that's what I'm talking about. Behavior in the workplace doesn't have to be something really, really extensive. But in today's society, anything can go public. Long time ago, I used to say to supervisors and managers when I'm doing the sexual harassment training with them, don't do anything that you don't want to see on the front of the Washington Post, because, of course, I'm here in Washington, D.C. But now it's the case of I say to everyone, don't do anything if you don't want to see it on social media, because it's not about newspapers and magazines and the, the nightly news any longer. It's about what gets seen on social media, because it spreads very fast. It can go viral within minutes. So if you don't want your behavior to be on social media, the key is if you don't know all about sexual harassment, you can feel free to contact me. I can do training for your organization or coach you specifically on sexual harassment. And you can reach me at udall at allaboutrelationships.us. That's udall at allaboutrelationships.us. Feel free to contact us and we are definitely experts in sexual harassment prevention training. So in case you're thinking about having sex in the workplace, think twice. <laughs> in case you're thinking about pursuing someone in the workplace, think twice. For your, for, think for you, think for the other person. Think about, you know, what I want to send to my daughter, my mother, my sister. Hmm. Think twice. And for those of you who have been actually harassed in the workplace, please speak up. I mean, there, as you can see, everyone has protection. Don't wait too long because there are, of course, uh, standards of limitation regarding reporting incidents. Uh, but, of course, <laughs> in today's society, all you got to do is put it across social media, even if it's a while ago, and it can still come up to haunt you. So accusers, beware. For those who have been on the recipients end, please understand that there are lots of sources out there to support you. Report it to your supervisor. If you don't want to report it to your supervisor, go to your human resources. You cannot go to human resources. Go to EEOC. But always report it to someone inside of your organization first before going outside of your organization to EEOC. Because uh, recently, what has been going on, back in the, uh, several years ago, Supreme Court actually indicated that they want you to utilize your resources inside of the organization first. 
before you actually go to EEOC outside of the organization. So everyone, respect one another. That's what it's all about. So this is Udall Deolio signing off. Check your behavior. That's your coaching actions for the week. Namaste. Thank you for joining our conversation. Join us again next week. Same place, same time, and cut the crap with you, doll.